You're listening to the Zenial Dadcast. All right, so we were here. Uh, I'm sitting here with my with my little brother Devin. Hi, everyone. It's good to be here. So this is our first time. This is the first episode, and it's customary with every first episode of, of anything, with any first of anything that you you just introduce and talk about what the name what, what the name is. Uh, and I've been thinking about this a lot. So this idea with uh, the Zenio Dadcast that I had, it was a very selfish idea. Doing this podcast for me is a bit of a it's a creative outlet. Uh, it's also sort of, you know, I'm a father. So the whole idea behind it being the dad cast is, uh, you know, ever since I became a father, it sort of reshaped how I think about things and the, the way that I, I approach things are a bit different than, than they, they used to be. Devin, I had this really weird notion where we live in an age where we can we can do stuff like this and it can live forever, this digital thing. And so when my son is 36 he's going to have a record and be able to listen to me and get to know me at 36. I'll be, I'll be like 50 or something, or maybe I won't, won't even be alive. But this idea that my son will be able to get to know me at 36, uh, something really powerful to me. I think about it in the context of our mom. Our mom knows us. She knows you as a 26 year old. She knows me as a 36 year old, but we'll never get to know mom as a 36 year old or you get to know her as a 26. So there was, there's a little bit of that. I don't know if it'll be interesting for everybody. I do think it's, I do think it's interesting. There are interesting things that we could, we could dive into. And, uh, and if people hang out and listen to it, hopefully they get something out of it too. So that's sort of my, my uh, mission statement with the Zenio Dadcast. Now you're not a Zenio, you're, you're a millennial, 10 years younger. Well, why do you think people should listen? Well, Different topics, you know, will, will be spoken about over time and it'll, it can connect with other people. So what I'm taking away out of that is connection, right? And I think I think there we just hit like the very first thing that maybe draws a difference between you, a millennial, and me, a non-millennial, is that millennials, I feel like, have this instinctual need to want to connect. I don't even know if that makes sense. But you you want to connect and you want to do stuff that helps you connect to people who are like you. And I've, we've had this conversation before where you you want to do things. You want to you you want to start a YouTube channel, you want to create videos, you want to, you know, create a community or be part of a community. You go to car shows. There's this uh instinctual desire to want to connect. As not a millennial, I'm a little bit more selfish <laughs> with my with my um with my uh, needs and i totally agree part of this is so that we just get stuff out there so we just kind of explore our own personalities also stay connected with one another because i think you and i we haven't done a good job of, of just being in each other's lives it's been a long time yeah and i mean not people you might not know this but Devin lives in boston uh, massachusetts i'm living in la paz bolivia we are half a world away from each other and I've been living out of the States for uh, the greater part of 10 years, maybe eight years now or something like that. There's definitely a side of, of the age difference, the generational gap. There's also a, a lot of it having to do like environmental differences, just where we live and the way we perceive and explore and, and experience our surroundings, right? Right, yeah. So what is a Zenio? Do you know? Did you look this up? It's hard to explain. Like it's... Oh, okay. Well, let me, let me do this. Why, do you, why are you a millennial? How do you understand being a millennial? I think from millennials, we're pretty much already like 
familiar with certain tools. Right. So let's do this. Let's just look it up. <clears throat> so a millennial. So this is just a general definition that I just got. A person reaching young adulthood in the early 21st century. So the early 21st century is from 2000 up. 2000, you were five years old, right? Yeah. 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 You were born in 95. So 2000, you were five years old. By definition, you would be a, a millennial, right? But by that definition, which is a very, very simple, very, very broad definition, young adulthood, uh, year 2000, I was, I was 15, 14. So I could say very much, I'm also a millennial as you are a millennial. So then what makes me a zenial in comparison, right? A zenial is a member of an age group born after generation X and before the millennial generation, specifically in the late 1970s, early 1980s, right? I was born in 1985. So I'm right, like I'm right at the cusp. I would be a millennial. But then there are certain things that characterize Zenio that I identify with a lot. Let me see if I can find a better definition. Zenio is also known as the Oregon Trail generation. Do you remember the Oregon Trail? No, I don't. No. It was a game. It was a game that they made us play as kids in school. Yeah, really? You don't remember? I, I've, never, I, I've never played it before. I don't really so, think they brought that up. That's so awesome. that's one of those things where they say, if you remember what the Oregon Trail is, you're a Zenio because it happened so early in the technological transformation from not having an internet to having an internet, right? I found this quiz and it's from the New York, uh, the Guardian, sorry, not the New York Times. Uh, it's from the Guardian and it's a quiz to see how much of a Xenio you are. I'll answer it for myself, but you go you go ahead and just let me know if you, if you agree or not. Let's do it. So you're a Xenio if you use dial-up modem to do school or university research, despite having been repeatedly told that you couldn't trust anything on the internet and the dial tone still haunts you. So do you remember what it was like to log on to the internet with a dial tone? No. You don't. No. You don't remember? Was, I guess you wouldn't, right? I guess I know what it means now. I mean, cause like, like I was saying before, a millennial is like kinda, you just, you just kinda know what it is now and you go from there. We don't know like how the internet started. Right, you don't know how to use a computer without the internet. Like Exactly. For yeah. you, it doesn't like, it's not a computer unless there's a Wi-Fi signal. Yeah. <laughs> right, is that fair? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. so for me, I remember the dial-up. I remember that very much. Uh, you remember when floppy disks were actually floppy. Do you know what floppy disks are? They're not regular disks, are they? I don't know, I'm asking, do you, do you know? I don't think, no. So, so before, um, yeah, let me see if I can just find a, a picture of it. So in school, we would call these floppy disks, right? These squares. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. but before we had these, we had these, we had these giant panel, these giant ones. And these giant ones were actually floppy. They were like thick plastic. The ones, you know, they're just like hard plastic, right? So before they used to be called floppy disks and you would have to enter them into the, uh, into the card reader. You never thought it was weird that Buffy the Vampire Slayer Sunnydale had the kind of venture. This is the lame one. It's Buffy. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I'm on that one. You had or still have a Hotmail account. I did have a Hotmail account. It was one of my first emails. Do you have a Hotmail account? No, I just have Gmail. I yeah. used to have Yahoo. I remember Yahoo was my first email account. I remember my, my Yahoo email account. <laughs> you want me to say it? Go for it. Yeah, if it's still active. Yeah, it, was, it was called Halo Soldiers. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. You, you were crazy. You were crazy about Halo. crazy with that video game. Oh, this man. is this is a good one. Number 13. You can still remember your landline number. You know what's weird about this one? I totally remember my phone number when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. Do you remember your phone number? Your the house number when, when we were kids? No. Honestly, Nothing. no. And I, I really, still remember I don't, I don't think I ever used those numbers. When when we lived in Waltham, you were heard. probably like two or three when we left. But when we lived in Waltham, I lived there for years. And I remember in school, they would make us memorize our home number in case we got lost. And so to this day, I know that phone number, 617-893-5699. It just sits there in my head. I remember having a home phone number when we lived in Tewksbury. And, we and did, the, yeah. But I don't think I we ever I used I don't think I ever used I was too young to have to even use a phone. Wow. That's a big like that's that's probably one of those big things that separates would separate a zenial from a millennial because when i was a kid we had to remember stuff like this you know right yeah no and way. now and now you really don't i guess you can remember when you first heard about a website called google and before that had to had to ask jeeves do you remember ask jeeves no 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 well, uh, okay so that's a true for me ask jeeves was before google and it was like uh it was like a browser and at that point in time, you could ask it anything. So you could do a search the way you can Google things now. Before nice. before that, it was Ask Jeeves. You still get upset thinking about the premise of Party of Five. Yes, I do. Do you do you know what Party of Five is? Have you ever seen it? Never? I think I've heard of the, the term, the Party of Five, but I, I, I don't think it was a movie or I don't know. I don't it was remember. a TV show. It was a TV show on Fox. It was about five brothers and sisters. And the whole premise of the show is that their parents died. And so their parents died and, and like the oldest brother had to help uh, keep the family together. And so it's a, it was a very depressing show. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was a very depressing show to watch. Uh, super dramatic. It had Jennifer Love Hewitt, Hewitt started out on that show and stuff. You remember calling friends on the family landline and having to say hi to their mom or dad first. Did you ever have to call? No, you never had to call your friend's house? No. Never had to could be like, hey, can can Joey uh, come out and play or nothing No, like that? I never. I, there was times where I like in my head, like, I'm, I want to call someone. Or I want to have my friend come over, but no. Because I, I, like, I felt like mom would say no. <laughs> so I was like, ahead of, ahead of time, I was like, okay, I'm going to just save the, save, the, save the response and just take the L. Yeah, she's going to say no. It's weird because when we, were, when we lived in Waltham, when we lived in the projects, everyone in the neighborhood, they were all my friends. And so we would maybe not call, but we would go knock on the door and say, hey, can Omar come and play? Can Matthew come and play? And so all the parents knew all the kids. So it was a very safe space. And you just don't have that anymore. At least not at least not in our experience with you being a young kid in a suburban context, right? You, like right, yeah. suburbia, you don't have that same kind of thing, I don't think. I am a true Xenio. Well done. <laughs> I understand modern technology, but are not so emotionally needy as to need constant validation from strangers <laughs> you will never meet. Right. That's what makes me a senior, which means you're the opposite. <laughs> anyway, yeah. It's for millennials, it's funny. <laughs> Maybe there is, let me let me search it. Maybe there is a, um, are you a millennial test? Anyway, I'm a little bit relieved that we confirmed that I'm a senior. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
here we go. If you can honestly say yes to these 10 questions, you are, you're a millennial. Let's see. That's Let's see. Did you grow up listening to the delightful music of Destiny's Child or NSYNC? So these are like girl questions. Though. These aren't yeah, really for no. you. Uh, but let's no. say no. Uh, did you ever make friendship bracelets or anklets for your besties? I want to say no for you. No. And this, you've got something to explain. This is like, oh, okay, maybe I can. Have you ever attended a Harry Potter movie or or book midnight premiere? No, but yeah. you've seen those movies. I've seen the movies, yeah. Have I've you seen them. all of the movies? Yeah. Seen I haven't seen them. I haven't seen any oh. of these fucking movies. I've seen them, and it was a perfect time to watch them all during quarantine. Lockdown. Any of them. It was great. Have you ever gone to a music store to listen to samples of CDs on the headphones? This is a good question. Have you ever done this? I'll tell you, I've done this. Have you ever gone to a music store to listen to samples of CDs on headphones? No. So no, but it was mostly like listening to the sound quality of headphones with the random music but that was just promoting the product but it's just the other way around but like, yeah i'm no, talking I'm, about like imagine if you could go to uh you used to be able to do this at best buy but you would do it at uh at what was the other store uh, i think strawberries newberry comics the newberry comics you would you would go to say best buy go to the cd section it'd be like the new releases section and there'd be a headphones there that you put on and you select the CD you want to listen to, and it would let you hear maybe 10 seconds of every song or something, right? Like a sample of the of the CD. You never had that. That's very much as any How millennial are you? Okay, this looks legit. Let's go. All right, so uh, would you rather have an interesting, challenging job with relatively low pay or a boring, tedious job with very high pay? I guess this is much more in depth than I was going for. Uh, I think you would want a high-paying job. You don't really care if it's interesting or not. I don't know. Now I think nowadays I used to think like that, but now I think I care. Which is why is because like I'm trying I'm trying to do more YouTube and like you okay know, okay. Napoleon Brown. I'll put interesting job. Let's put that. Yeah. Uh, what is your ideal age to get married? Ooh. Before I used to, I used to say by 25. <laughs> I believe that time's run out. <laughs> uh, so maybe after, after 30. 30. Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or you don't have an ideal age. Let's be fair. Yeah, I don't have an ideal age. There you go. Uh, how many texts have you sent, received in the last 24 hours? Texts, not not like uh, not like Facebook, SMS. I'll just say one of five. It have you sent a, any? I sent a few. Yeah, well, I say one of five. Okay. I didn't text like crazy today. Yeah. Oh, okay. You still using SMS as a as a communication tool? I barely use it. Be honest with yourself right now. Can you imagine life without a smartphone? No. <laughs> I would. I would say yes, but like I think with 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 everything like so attached, you know, with technology, mm-hmm. you're just too used to it. It's like a drug, you know. So you just- I might as well end my life right now. <laughs> is your answer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, it's a it's a disgusting drug. Everyone's saying like I will I will love to go back to the time where before where life was better before itself. And I'm like, trust me, I would love that too. It's, it's funny because I could probably I'm probably a toss up between sure, no problem, or things would be a little less convenient, but no big deal. And even like even to the point where I don't like being so reliant on my phone. You know, like I just told you, I remember my, my house phone number from when I was a kid. It's the only thing I remember. I, I barely remember any other phone numbers. And so I almost think, you know, when my kid, when he gets to that nine, 10 years old, maybe uh, every other day of the week, 
we don't use phones. We don't use cell phones. We just cut. We just cut ourselves from the internet. You know, yeah. like something like that. Just to, just to kind of give him a little bit of that experience. Maybe that's extreme, though. I don't know. Uh, what is the best way for a person to be successful in their chosen field? Here are your options: stick with one company and work my way to the top. I may occasionally change jobs, companies when better opportunities come up, or change jobs frequently and learn as much as I can at each one. I, I guess mine is the bottom one: change jobs frequently, okay. honestly, because I know. I mean, like, I never did like have a, like a legit plumbing job, but right. I did learn at school, and I still know that stuff. Right. Selling cars now, I know like that field. I'm familiar with it now. Mm-hmm. And you know, like working on cars in general, I'm, I'm familiar with it now. Cause like if I'm like go to another mechanic shop, I see what they're doing. I understand that. The red flag for me would be changing jobs frequently, right? Cause you don't really, you don't really want that on your CV. Like if someone looks at your CV and they see that every six months you're starting a new job, that can look a little, a little weird, right? But other than that, yeah, as long as you're learning as much as you can and soaking up as much as you can from each experience, I think that's the best you can do. Like I thought it'd be weird if I ever had to work at, you know, at Target for the rest of my life. Yeah, well, you know, at the same time, like if you had if you had taken that path and said, you know what, I'm gonna stay at Target, I'm gonna become a manager, then I'm gonna, you know, try to work my way up in that in that corporate ladder. Uh, no one was gonna look at you sideways. It's a valid it's a valid uh, path to choose. You just have to believe in it for yourself. Uh, do you believe that corporations are too powerful? Yes. Yeah, they fucking are too powerful. Are but, too powerful. but whatever, man. That's the world we live in. <laughs> Don't take my Facebook away, man. <laughs> uh, by what age should a person have the career course plotted out? Let's see. Before they finish college, before 25, before 30, before 40. There is no limit. Life is always changing. The bottom one? Yeah. The bottom one, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I, I used to think 30 before 30. but I used to think 25. Really? Wow. Yeah. By the time I was like, finished with high school, I was like, okay, what's the next step right away? Mom was trying to push me to go to college right away. And I was like, I wanted like two years. I want like a year gap. I want a break. I ended up taking two years. And then didn't want to waste any time because I was about to turn like 21 for the first time. And like, I don't know. I felt like I needed a hustle, hustle. Just get something out of it. But it's an interesting question. By what age should a person that person have their career course plot out? Because I don't remember knowing what I wanted to do for the rest of my life for a career when I was 18. I didn't know. I, I didn't remember. Well, not that I remember. I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do. All I knew is what I didn't want. To do. You almost know that a lot better. Like you know what you don't want to do definitely. So like I knew, just like you, I don't want to work in retail for the rest of my life. So cross out Target. And I don't want to live in mom's house for the rest of my life. So picked a way to, to get to leave from mom's house because I was a musician and because I, I was into carpentry, uh, becoming a luthier and learning how to uh, build guitars. It just seemed like it met all of the requirements at that time. And then I did that. And then I did that for like six years or seven years, something like that. I got a career. I could still be doing that uh, if I was in the States now. It just wouldn't be, it just wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be a very successful one. <laughs> I wouldn't, I would be, I'd be pretty broke, but, um, but I could have, I could have pursued it. Um, and I think that's, it's not fair to ask a young person what their career should be for the rest of their life. And even like, when I think about it now at 36, my twenties, I was still not prepared to make those kind of judgment calls. Now I'm 36. So now I'm like, 
you know, I have a family and I, I, situations change a bit, but I have a much, much deeper understanding of where I want my life to go. I would say for me before 40, I think most people, and maybe, maybe it's our generation, but our 20s are really like our teenage years where we're coming of age. That's how I feel about it. Sure. Moving in with your parents after college usually indicates failure, confusion, a crappy economy. I didn't go to college, so I can't judge here. This is this is all you. I used to think failure, but with COVID happening, I blame that. So I want to say a crappy economy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. No, that's yeah. fair. Fair, fair question. You looked at it. You made your analysis. <laughs> Number nine. <laughs> do you have a tattoo or piercing other than your earlobe? For me, it would be no. I only have my earlobe. I just have my nose pierced. You have your nose, but you have tattoos everywhere. So this would be a yes. How many tattoos? Did you count them the other day? Yeah, I have like, I count them just now. I, I have like 30 or 32. Jesus Christ. 30 tattoos. Yeah. You know what that translates to? That's got to be at least like a thousand dollars. A lot of people, when they when you ask them a question, how many tattoos do you have? They won't, some people will say, oh yeah, I have like this many, like 20, 25. But some people will say, I don't count them by, by each art. I just count them by the hour. Like, I mean, like, I, right. I mean, I one but i mean i don't know how you do that i just kind of like well, at, like one per one well it's know? it's it's you know how long does it take the artist to make so if it's so how many hours did it take you to get those 30 tattoos i just want to say a lot yeah <laughs> it's a lot. a lot well it is a lot right because i mean yeah jesus like what's the hour rate for a tattoo artist how much did you pay it's like it's like 30 bucks an hour or something it's like 100 bucks an hour something like that depending no. on the size so come on man like That's i can say of- the first one i got my first my very first one it was um an hour a hundred dollars by by an hour and and how many hours did it take to do the first one literally like under an hour but they still charge me an okay hour, like, so now it's a hundred dollars like at least 45 minutes okay 50 but they still charge me because we couldn't like, break man it down alive. that's still a lot of money man it's like i, I can't you know i can't i can't justify that <laughs> i think yeah not people will start getting tattoos and they'll stop because they're, they're, of how much it costs and so some people can keep going like i can well it just seems like a lot to invest in and you're wearing long sleeves right now like you can't even see those those puppies you know <laughs> at nighttime, there's no one to show it besides a camera here and there's that's not a good way <laughs> all right so how often do you snap a selfie and post it on the internet i'll tell you for really? me for me i've never done this i've never snapped a a selfie of myself and put it on the internet never done that i think the last time i posted a selfie of myself like legit a selfie of myself was maybe back in i gotta say 2019 20 no 20 2018 2019 it was a bathroom selfie at a at a, at a retail so that was it and i think i think i remember that one when you had like your hair on. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Covering your oh, head, well, that, covering your was, that one, that one, that was the same year, but there was another one that I was at a store. But that was it. That was it. I hate, I hate taking selfies. I just say that's probably very millennial. The this idea that you take a picture of yourself and then you post it for everyone to see in your network, to me, is a very odd thing to want to do. Like, like I understand. I was in. Like it was fine when I was like you know when you do it in middle school or high school because you're a teenager you're you know you're you're a kid mm-hmm. people want to do that you know. Kids well, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying I have no idea why you would want to because for me 
I understand the necessity to have a profile. I understand the necessity to take pictures and maybe post your experience and, you know, do something nice on Facebook. But to just take a picture of yourself in front of a mirror or in the bathroom, you know, like I don't understand that necessity. I don't understand where it comes from. I can't relate to it. <laughs> because like every selfie I've taken compared with other people, it just resembles the same thing. A beanie with your hair covered, your one side of your face, wearing skinny jeans, a black shirt, that kind of emo gothic style. That's just that's just all I remember. And that's so, why I like this stuff. Should put rarely here? Yeah, rarely. Alright. The thought of meeting new friends, dates online is exciting, scary, weird, too common to be any of the above. Uh, weird weird yeah all right I'll it's that. different when you meet people online instead of in person when i met my co-workers when i met new employees at my job it was different because you're like communicating and eventually they become your friends same thing when you go to school in person you know like that person um that person's ego already you know like the the person's you know um vibe i guess the way he stands or the way she stands, the way she looks, the way she's dressed or the way he dressed, you just understand that right away. You can't really understand that by talking to someone on, 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 you know, on a, on a platform on behind a keyboard. I don't know. I like, I, I, I find it weird, you know, like I find it weird when people, when random people send me friend requests that I don't know. Right. That is weird. Even I would say, time. so I wouldn't say scary. I, I, I also wouldn't really agree with exciting. No. I would say weird too. You know, what's weird though is that, I don't have any friends from high school. And so when I came back from, you know, the Luthery thing, I had friends from Luthery school and then I didn't really have other friends, I remember. And so all my friends that I met in my, from 18 to now, uh, maybe not the last 10 years, but all mostly through my twenties were th from the internet or through like Craigslist, like meeting, meeting bandmates, all the, all the bands that I've been in, I met those guys through the internet. The apartment that I used to live in, in Boston, I found it through the internet. There was also like couch surfing communities. It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird thing to to have to admit where like, I just met these people because I have this one thing in common. We play music, so we're just going to go and play music. <laughs> I need a place to live. We're just going to go like, and see. What you were saying there before, I got to say, it, it's the same thing how I experienced in middle school, but it was the other way around. So I knew these kids how, that I knew in middle school, but I never hung out with them or talked to them or sat with them at lunch or sat with them in class. But maybe at, maybe like after high school and I was in college, um, when I was, from over time to time, I get these random friend requests from people who I like don't know, but I ended up recognizing them like who they are. And I went and I will say, oh, I went to middle school with this kid. This kid just All like right. sent me a friend request and I'm like, I don't know him, but like now he's friends with me. Like, how does that work? It's like a backtrack, like backwards. Are we going backwards here? Like what's going on? Yeah. It was weird. Now, I mean, I, I mean, I did talk with some of these people that I reconnected from middle school, but like uh, not anymore. I mean, everyone's just doing their own thing now. There was a time where I thought, you know, why don't I look some, some of these people up from middle school and high school and just see what's up. But unlike you, like I'm, I'm, I think I'm more timid with, with connecting with old friends over the internet. And uh, I never pulled the trigger on it. But now I just don't remember any names. So even, even if I wanted to, I can't, I can barely remember people's names. Check it out. You are 81% millennium. 81%. Congratulations. So yeah, so we proved it, right? Episode one, we proved that you're a millennial and I am a zenial. So pretty clear to you? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. All right, man. Well, I think I think that's good. I think that's good for, for our first episode. 
So right. let's sign off here. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. And um, yeah, take it easy. This is Mo. My name is Devin. Before you go, I want to leave you with this episode's band to dig out. This is a modern animal from their EP, The Queen, released back in 2012. Uh, this tune is called Dabble. It's a great EP by a great Boston-based musician. If you're into it, you can find the link in the description somewhere, or you can search The Queen, A Modern Animal. Dan Ellis is the name of the principal songwriter. Uh, this is a really great record, a record that I discovered back in 2012 uh, and rediscovered in 2015. Uh, when I was jogging through Paris city streets. So that's my recommendation. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Peace. Yeah.